Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. We always submit to the higher authority, which is the Lord. So the only time where you would not submit to or obey a parent is if they were asking you to do something that would be a sin against the Lord. Now, to say this, because some people try this thing. Well, what if, you know, I feel like God told me to do this and my mom or dad said something else and I feel like it's going to be disobeying God if I do what they said do, so I'm going to do my thing. No, nah, it doesn't work like that. If they're telling you to violate scripture, it's, it's not a matter of your will or what you think at that point. Today, Pastor Bill speaks to any child still under the authority of their parent. Most parents can look back on their childhood and wish they had saved themselves the trouble by listening to what their parents had told them to do. But this isn't very inspiring to kids. What if you learned that the Lord's will is for you to obey your parents? If you are walking with Jesus, you should be doing what your parents tell you to do out of love and respect to Him. The only time you can disobey when your parents' instruction goes against Scripture. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 as he continues his message, Marriage and the Family. When it says obey them in the Lord in the same way that the wife submits to her husband as to the Lord. It's as a Christian child, you submit to your parents uh, in the same way in the Lord. God, God, because you're the Lord of my life, I, I, I will submit to and obey my parents. It doesn't mean and this is important for kids, right? It doesn't mean that your parents are right about everything. It doesn't mean that they know everything. It doesn't mean that they're not making a mistake about something, right? God says, because you're a Christian child, I want you to obey your parents in the Lord. Um, is there a time when a child, and I want to I throw this out to a child. Is there any circumstance where a child would not obey their parent uh, and it'd be right in God's eyes? Any, any, anybody that's a child, answer that for me. Is, is there a time when it would be okay to not obey your parent. I want a child. Raise your hand. Uh, let me. Uh, when, when would it be okay uh, to not obey your parent? So if your parent tells you to do something that goes against God's word, it would be okay. So here's an example. Phone rings at home. Little Timmy picks up the phone, and mom says, "I'm not here. I'm not here." That's that would be that's a lie because she is right there. So what does Timmy do? Right. Right. I mean. T- Timmy, hey, here go, hey, Timmy, this is what you do, Timmy. You either give phone back to mom, I'm not telling you lies for you. Or, or if, you, if you insist, she's right here, but she, doesn't, she told me to tell you she's not here. That's the truth. All right. Just trying to honor the Lord. God bless you. Boom. So, so you do obey your parents, but there, there's a limitation. You obey them. Uh, obviously, we always submit to the higher authority, which is the Lord. So, the only time where you would not submit to or obey a parent is if they were asking you to do something that would be a sin against the Lord. Now, to say this, because some people try this thing. Well, what if, you know, I feel like God told me to do this and my mom or dad said something else. And I feel like it's going to be disobeying God if I do what they said do. So I'm going to do my thing. No, nah, it doesn't work like that. If they tell you to violate scripture, it's, it's not a matter of your will or what you think at that point. There are going to be times where as a child, under your parents, you feel like, I feel like I really, this. I feel like God said this. Well, you need to pray that God bring your parents into that same understanding. But otherwise, you submit and you let that, you let God, you said submit to them or obey them. So I'm obeying them. Um, if they're wrong, 
And God will deal with your parents if they're wrong. Uh, but God will deal with you if you don't obey. So uh, we obey our parents. And I, I had one situation that was this may have been the stickiest situation I've ever dealt with concerning this. I was high school pastor, had a kid that spent the night at a friend's house and their family goes to church. He came to church with his friend on a Sunday, teaching to the book of Revelation, give an altar call. This kid that spent the night at his friend's house comes forward and gets saved, give his life to the Lord. The next week he comes to church and he said, man, my, my mom told me because my, my parents aren't Christian and they don't believe in this and they don't want me getting wrapped up in it. But I gave my life to the Lord and I want to come. And I had given him a Bible and and we give him like a, a little new believers thing that says, you know, now you need to come to church, read your Bible every day, pray, find Christian friends. So he's like, so so that's what I'm doing. My Christian friends are here. This is church. And then I want to learn the Bible. So I'm here. And but my mom said not to come. And I thought that's that's tough. Can I throw that out to you guys? What do you guys think the right call was? Because I, I tell you what I tell them afterwards. What's the right call in that situation? He saved, gave his life to the Lord, baby, brand new, baby Christian. Mom is saying, I don't want you wrapped up in church. Um, what do you do? Obey and be an example. OK, y'all want to know what I told him? I, this is what I told him. I said, this is Sunday, right? He was already there. So I'm like, you already got this one under your belt. I said, go home this week and live so radically transformed. And like, I mean, I told me, you go home and whatever you 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 go home and live such a radical transformation that your mama wants to send you back here. I mean, you go home and you obey, you do dishes, you clean your room. You just go home and just you intentionally live radically different this week and see if God doesn't move upon her and, and, you, and ask her permission. Tell her, mom, I don't want to go. Without, I want to, I want your permission to go. I, I, I like what I'm learning I and mean, see what happens from there. He showed up back up the next week. And I said, you know, did she give you her permission? She, she, he, he got kind of the whatever, like she's like, okay, whatever, you know, but you know, little by little, um, this guy ended up winning his mother over and his mother and his brother came, uh, they came to a baptism and then they began to come. And so, but that one was tough because I'm like, you want him to obey and honor his parents. Yet, you know, in, in that instance, he's having to submit to parents that are saying, we don't agree with that. Not parents, just his mother. Yeah, I don't agree with any of that. She was atheist or whatever she was initially. So children, obey your parents. So we do want you to obey unless you're being told to sin against God. And so obey your parents in the Lord uh, for this is right. And so the first reason why you do it, God says it's the right thing to do. It's right for you to obey your parents. And if it's right for you to obey your parents, then what is it? To, what is it to disobey them? It's wrong, right? That's easy. So now, now the next thing in verse two, this is a quotation from the Ten Commandments. He says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. If obeying them is the action, then honoring them is the attitude of the heart. Right. God, so I want you to obey them. And now he says, I'm commanding that you honor your father and your mother. And of the Ten Commandments, this is the first one that God gave that had a promise attached to it. And we'll come to that in just a moment. But here's what it means to honor. To honor is to prize or to fix a valuation upon or to revere someone. And here's the idea for children. When it says honor your parents, it's like to revere them, to esteem them highly. Here's the deal. It doesn't say honor them if they're honorable. I used to struggle with this. When I first got saved, you know, the condition that my parents were in, it didn't, you know, it doesn't it didn't necessarily they weren't necessarily everything about them. Be, everything about them wasn't necessarily honorable. But God said, I want you to give them honor. Do that for me. That's what I command you to do. 
Honor them because, not because they're honorable, but because I'm the Lord of your life and I told you to honor them. I want you to do it. And he says, this is the first commandment with a promise. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. And so I would challenge kids because we live in a culture right now where you see it in the movies, you see it on TV shows, where kids are almost encouraged. It's always treated as a funny thing for a kid to be disrespectful to their parents, to put down their parents, to look them down, to make light of them. And God says the heart of the child of God is I want you to I want you to honor them. And so this is what God commands of children, Christian children. You're a Christian child. You, you would be obedient. That would be the actions and that you would honor your parents. The attitude of your heart towards your parents would be one where you honor them, you revere them, you esteem them, even though. And this is this has to be said. Right. If you're in a parent child relationship, um, you guys both see a lot of each other. You see all the flaws. Parents, you see your kids on their good days and their bad days, and they see you on your good days and bad days. We see our shortcomings. We see our strengths. We see all these things. You know, we see it all living together. And God would say to a child, I want you to honor them. I still want you to give honor to your parents. And it says this is the first commandment with a promise. And the promise is in verse three, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. And typically this is a general, it's not a, uh, it's not a, a hard, fast rule that if you obey and honor your parents, you live longer. But it's a rule of thumb that kids that would obey and honor their parents would have a better life, a better quality and quantity of life because you obeyed and honored your parents. I can definitely look back at my life and say that had I heeded my mother's counsel, uh, my life would have been better. Even And this is, this is counsel from an unsaved woman. But if I had just done most of the things that she was yelling at me about and complaining about and telling me stop that and don't do that and don't be, you know, if I had listened to most of those things, my life would have been better. Most of the things I remember several times in my life where something really bad would happen and I would just right away. I would hear my mother when she was telling me, don't do that. Don't be with them. This is, you know, she would she, I, could, I would hear it. It would be nagging me like, gang, 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 you know, but the truth was, had I had I listened, I, you know, I wouldn't have been in some of the situations that I got myself in. And so God says, I'm, you know, this is what he commands us to do, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. And so. That should be the heart of children to their parents, to obey them and to honor them because it's what God requires of you, not because it's what your parents deserve. Because God says, this is what I, the, the one Jesus who died for you. He's the Lord of your life. This is what he requires. He wants us to live this way. And I will say this, the normal course of life, children, your parents are going to precede you into glory. They're going to die before you do in the normal scheme of things. And it will it will all of a sudden matter a whole lot how you treated them because they won't always be here and you might take it for granted that they will be but they won't always be here and you'll live with yourself a lot better knowing that you were a child that obeyed and honored this is even adult children that you you obeyed and you honored you were you were respectful to you treated them well you spoke well to them regardless of how they were that you did right on your end it will matter a lot I've done a lot of funerals and at funerals you know what happens no one's as impacted by what the dead person did to them. But people at funerals are really con- they're really kind of living with and dealing with what I did to them. How did I handle that? And so if your people are still alive, your opportunity to, to love them, to honor them, to be res- it's now because they're going to precede you more than likely into glory. And so, you know, I believe these, these, there's wisdom in this, that we would we would do this. We do it for the Lord. 
We do it because God says do it, but there's wisdom in God commanding us to live this way, you know, because we'll live with how we've treated people um, when they're gone. And so uh, it says that it may be well with you. And what's God's heart? Right. God's not saying obey your parents and honor them so your life can stink. He says so it can be well with you. I want things to go well for you and that you may live long on the earth. The last verse, verse four, he says, and you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. And so he singles out the dads here. He says, and you fathers. Um, and so maybe there are mothers that are, you know, they're, they're singly doing all the roles and you would take this to heart. But typically in a household, a father is in the position of leadership, which he's going to be the one that's in, in the position of managing the rules and meeting out disciplines. And so God says, you fathers, he says, do not provoke your children to wrath, Explain how parent, how dads do that. He says, but instead, bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. How do you provoke a kid to anger? How do you provoke a child to wrath? Here's a few ways that that happens. One is when parents expect from children what they can't do. That's you know, you put a kid. Their their dad, dads are dads are bad. Dads are known for this um, more so than not, you know, be a dad with an expectation of his kid that he can't do. I've seen dads demanding physical things, athletic things of a kid that he just can't perform. And I just think, man, what, what a, what a different, what's a, what a difficult situation to put a child in where he can't perform what his dad is yelling at him to do. My son, a long time ago, he was in wrestling when he was little. And I remember it would grieve me to be at the wrestling mat and to hear some of these dads. I mean, you know, just, the things they were yelling at their kids and, and just it was like, man, he's the kid. They were, he was like five and six years old. I mean, they're little bitty dudes. He's five and six years old. He just he just figuring it out. You know, they just want to wrestle. You know, they're not, not they're not wrestling yet. They just wrestling and playing around. And but you had these dads out there yelling harsh things at these little bitty dudes. So expecting of your kids what they can't perform is one way. Another way that you provoke a child to wrath is when you have an expectation upon them. Or you place demands upon them that you're not even doing. That's another thing. That's what parents do oftentimes is I'm some parents demand of their child a higher level of holiness than they're performing in their own life. And it's not like they don't see it. I'm demanding you obey God, but they're looking at you disobey God every day. And so that provokes a child to anger. Um, also, just being unloving. And this has been, you know, some dads. Maybe didn't have a dad, maybe didn't grow up, didn't, don't know how to how to be a loving man. But their dads that withhold love from their kids. They're men. They're men that I know right now that their dads have died. And my, I never heard my dad say I love you. Oh, that's, that man, I, I, man makes my eyes water to hear that. That I, I mean, that a kid had a dad and a dad never never said I love you, never hugged you. And so if you're a man, you got kids, man, love them. You ain't going to make your kids. You know, I mean, it's the idea of some guys that won't make my son soft. You know, I hug my son, I kiss my son, and he ain't soft. You know, this it's it's I, that's a I don't know wherever that mindset comes from. It don't come from scripture, but it does leave a lot of kids with a void, and it leaves them frustrated and angry and feeling unloved and something's missing. And it's one thing if they don't have a dad to begin with, but this, these are kids that have a dad. He said, God said, fathers, don't provoke these kids to wrath. You know, don't 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 provoke them. Another way we provoke kids to wrath is. This is maybe the last one is as they're, they're responding to your anger. You know, if you're a dad and you're a big bully, right? Your kid, all my kids are smaller than me because I'm big. 
So if I bully them and I'm aggressive with them, you know what you know what happens in a kid's mind as as especially a male, he starts thinking about when, he starts thinking about when he's going to get bigger and when he's going to get stronger and when that's going to stop. And you're provoking your wrath is, is you're provoking wrath in him. The Bible says the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So it's not going to be your anger and wrath at your kid that develops a holier kid. But that's how some fathers manage their kids. They they meet, they, you know, they, they get in, in their disappointment or they can meet a kid's disobedience or with wrath and with anger. And that provokes a kid to wrath. God said, don't do that. We're not, I'm not challenging you. I'm training you. I'm raising you. Um, and we need to be careful that we don't. He, he, God says, dad, fathers, don't do this. Don't provoke your children to wrath. Why not? Because you got a different job. He says, don't do that. Don't be provoking them to wrath. Don't don't draw your kids. Don't draw sin out of your kids. Instead, he says, bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. And when I was reading this over earlier this week, the Lord, I feel like the Holy Spirit really drew my attention to the three words, bring them up. Right. Don't provoke them. Don't beat them down. Don't be bring them up. Everything that we're doing is dad. God, I'm trying to bring these kids up. How do I edify and build them up? I want to bring them up. I'm not trying to beat them down. I'm not trying to exert, you know, I want to bring them up. That's the goal. I want my kid, I want to bring them up as high as I can. I want to bring them up to the Lord. I want to bring them up. Bring them up, it says, in the training and the admonition of the Lord. That's what we're doing. We're not beating them down, but we're bringing them up. And we want to bring them up in these two ways. First, in the training and in, in the admonition of the Lord. The word training, it means tutorage. Education by training. So it's part of this is is going to be, you know, it's going to be education by training. The other part is going to be disciplinary correction, training them up. Parts of training your kids that you're you're showing them what to do. They're looking at your life. And then as they look at your life, you're telling them. And then when you watch them go off, you correct them. And all of that's encompassed in training them up. And so you bring them up in the training. So you're training your kids to walk with the Lord which demands that you're walking with the Lord. And again, it's maybe one of the most frustrating things for a kid is to have their parent training them to do something that they're not doing, you know, trying to make them do something that they're not doing. I remember we had a, um, when I played football, we had a, a coach, uh, his name was, um, how was it? Coach Swain. He was a track coach. He would, you know, he was the one that would oversee a lot of the conditioning and training and everything else. And, you know, he's out there running us and making us go. And I, and I never forget Somebody had the nerve one day to say, because he would always be sitting there with his cup of coffee and just boop, blowing the whistle, making us run and just faster boop, and, and doing this and that. And somebody challenged him one day. You just sitting there you're drinking the coffee, man. You run. And he, he, I never forget this. He said, OK, and I ain't, I, we, I ain't know where this guy came from, that he was some all that track guy. He says, I'm going to run with you guys a 100 and everybody that falls behind me, everybody that doesn't everybody that gets there after me is going to have to do when he gave us some ridiculous, you know, conditioning thing. He beat everybody. And I was like, you know, we were just like, you know, we'll beat the kid that challenged him later on, you know. But the, the idea was it was there, there was this frustration growing that this man was just sitting there drinking his coffee and blowing the whistle, telling us to do something that it didn't look like he was doing or capable of doing. And so he did one and then he punished us some more for it, you know, never happened again. But as parents, you know, you don't want to be demanding of your kids something. They're looking at you and they're saying, but you don't do it. You're not you don't obey. You're not walking. We definitely want to exemplify. We want to be an example to our kids of 
what we're calling on them to become. Amen. And so and uh, so that's training them and then bringing them up in the training and then the admonition. The, the word admonition means to call attention to. Um, it also has the idea of a mild rebuke or warning. So admonishing them. And so this is maybe you see your kids getting off doing something wrong. You call their attention to it. You warn them. Don't do that. That this is. And sometimes we just have to explain to our kids. It's not a healthy thing. Uh, I've heard parents say, you're going to do it because I said so. Right. And there's a place for that. You know, if you walking off the curb and I say stop, we don't got time to explain why I just stopped because I said so right now because you're going to die if you keep going. But in general, it's a healthy thing. If we're going to teach our kids something, tell them something, we don't just do the because I said so. Because how do they develop a conviction? Right. How do they begin to develop their own conviction about what's right and what's wrong? Because all I only reason I never did that is because my dad said so. What happens when they're not with dad? Well, now now I do what I want to do. So. We have to help them develop convictions. So there are things that I'm demanding my kids not do or telling them they should do. It's not a it's a healthy thing to explain it to them. That's what admonition is. I'm going to sometimes I'm going to warn you. I'm going to correct you. I'm going to tell you this is why we don't do that, son or daughter, you know, because X, Y and Z. And we explain to them the whys so that they can develop their own conviction. It's like, look, the Bible says this about that. Oh, didn't know that. Now we're that's admonishing them. And so we're not just giving out these commands. And again, I said it. There's a place for that. Uh, maybe an immediate just stop right now. You know, we could talk about it later, but I want you to make sure that you do talk about it later. You know, make sure that you do follow that up with a conversation where they, they your kids are being admonished. They're, they're understand they can begin to develop their own conviction so that one day when they grow up and they're gone away from you. Right. They, they got the word of God. You've given them something to think about that. The why we don't want to get involved in that. Uh, not just because my dad said so, but because and my dad showed me where in the Bible it says this. God said so. God said so is a stronger conviction than dad said so. And uh, it has greater implications. And so so we bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. So I did want to encourage us in our, you know, in the whole family relationships. You know, I hope that the husbands and wives have benefited from the teaching about the our roles as husbands and wives. But I also hope that we'll look at the value and the benefit of parenting doing this God's way. God wants the whole family. And Satan's after Satan's trying to wreck the whole family picture and Satan's trying to wreck marriages and Satan's trying to wreck our kids and Satan will try to wreck, you know, or, you know, even he'll he's looking for any weak space he can get into. And if Satan can enter in through a rebellious child or a disobedient parent or a fouled up marriage, Satan is Satan's not trying just to get one of you. You know, when I look at my family unit, Satan's attacks on my life. They're not he don't just want me. He said, I want to wreck you so I can wreck her, so I can wreck them. I want to wreck everybody. As he attacks one, he's, he's, he, he wants to, he wants, he hates everybody. And so everybody in the family needs to understand that, man, we're all, we're, we're a family. Satan will try to divide it. Satan will try to, you know, you know, come against it. Satan is always trying to divide people from those who mean them the best. So it could be a parent from a child, you know. In general, there's no one that has as pure a love and interest in a child than their parent. And so that relationship is challenged many times. And kids will be deceived into thinking that their friend or some other colleague or some teacher or some other person cares more. Not really. No one in general, no one's as invested as your parents are. And so um, that relationship is to be protected. Satan's like, can I divide him? Can I get a kid to think that someone else is? more important than their parents, some other adult, some other kid, some other person. Um, 
so I can wreck it, you know, and, and he's looking to divide up those relationships. So we want to be mindful of that. Kids need to be mindful of that. Parents need to be mindful of that, that we pray together, that we minister to our kids the way the Lord says to do. And uh, we do everything we can do to keep the enemy out of our family unit. Amen. You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. Today's message from the book of Ephesians is available to listen to again on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. Once you're there, just click on the teachings tab or feel free to download our mobile app to listen to more messages like this. Just search for Calvary Chapel Inglewood in your app store. If you're looking for a place to connect this weekend, we'd love for you to join us for church. Look on our website for the latest information on service times and locations. We're a group of people who love to learn from God's word and be together as the family of God. Again, our website is calvaryinglewood.org. As we study through the book of Ephesians, has it caused you to think about your relationship with the people around you? Do you love them as Jesus does? Do you treat them as Jesus would? Do you seek to cause strife or do you seek to honor the Lord in your relationships? Paul value unity just as the Lord does. If this is something you wrestle with, you're not alone. And although that may be comforting, it's also important that you strive to live in harmony with those around you. As we continue through this study together, we're praying for you. Would you also be praying for a transforming word? As the message goes out, many listeners may be hearing about the Lord for the very first time. Pray for open ears, soft hearts, and changed lives. Thanks for your prayers, and thanks for tuning into to today's edition of A Transforming Word.